Hello and welcome to the Freelance Heroes podcast. I'm Ed Goodman. Uh, and I'd specifically like to welcome those of you who have tuned in beyond the shores of the UK in uh, USA, Canada, Europe and Asia as well. Uh, welcome to you all. Um, and if this is your first time listening to it, then um, have a listen to the trailer. Find out what we're all about. But here we are in episode eight. And this week, I will be speaking with Marge Ainsley, who is one of two curators, excuse the pun, of the Museum Freelance Network, which is a a volunteer-run network uh, which aims to support and champion freelancers and consultants that work within the museums um, and heritage sites, archives, libraries here in the UK. And Marge paints a fairly grim picture of the state of the cultural sector in Uh, the UK at the moment which I'm sure wouldn't surprise you but also uh, looks to see how we can turn that into a positive and offers tips for those of you working either in or outside the sector uh, of what we can do to to build on our experience and our knowledge uh, within the crisis that we find ourselves in. It's a a long but really really fascinating insight that Marge gives us throughout so enjoy. Uh, Marge, I am delighted, uh, genuinely delighted that um, you have made time to talk to us uh, this week. So thank you very much for for being a guest on the Freelance Heroes podcast. You're very welcome. Good to see you, Ed. And you, and you. So um, we're talking specifically about um, the the cultural sector and niche communities, but I want to start just by understanding your relationship with the museum sector and the cultural sector. Where did it start? And I guess more intriguingly, why? Yeah, so I'd worked in um, museum and heritage art gallery venues. That's kind of where I started really in PAYE full-time role. So I worked at uh, a variety of venues after leaving uni um, and they all I kind of fell into the marketing side, really. So they're all marketing roles um, in institutions. Um, and I, I kind of I worked in the sector only for about seven, seven years, something like that. And just an opportunity arose to take up a, um, a freelance offer. And it, it wasn't something that I'd, I'd really... Um, considers I was working as a head of marketing at, at that point in a in a regional museum and uh, I suppose I kind of went about it in a, a, a way I perhaps wouldn't re- recommend to people these days so um, I didn't have any kind of you know plan really I'd, I'd thought about the idea of freelancing and um, that it might be something I'd be interested in kind of running a business runs in my family and, uh, and a, an ex-colleague of mine just said, you know, do you know anyone who might um, do this kind of comms uh, role for us part time? And I said, well, I don't. But would you consider freelance? And, and that's how I ended up um, getting into freelancing. And so um, my background was in the cultural sector, mainly in museums and galleries. But as a as a freelancer, when I started out, I've been that was 2008. So I've been freelance 12 years now. Um, and I work with lots of different cultural organisations, but mainly museums, libraries, archives, heritage sites. Um, I do some kind of uh, theatre work and work with music venues. And that, that's generally marketing and comms work. And I also do research and evaluation, too, and lots of training um, around those kind of topics. So I suppose just to give you an idea, it could be something like um uh, being commissioned to do an independent evaluation for a big capital project so i worked on the big new attraction that they've uh, they opened at silverstone last year at the circuit or it could be um and that was doing kind of audience consultation work before that that venue opened it could be independent evaluation as in at the end of a project so um, a big uh, you know arts council funded project or something like that or it could be just gap filling if there's a marketing role where they've kind of they need a bit of extra expertise or um, it's a, an organization that don't doesn't have those um, specialist skills they might get someone like me in to, to support them so so yeah it's it's a big variety it's anything from you know working for the National Trust and Manchester International Festival through to 
you know, the smaller independent organisations, um, Macclesfield Museums or Cheshire Archives or contemporary art galleries like Baltic. So I, I work all over the country and I suppose that's what, that's why I'm missing at the minute. I'm missing going out and, uh, and seeing all my clients. So. Which was, well, actually, which was my next question, which is, so how's the COVID pandemic affected you as a freelancer? Yeah, I mean. You started that already, but I guess it's more. Yeah, I mean, individually, and, and obviously I can only, well, I can, I can speak for myself and just the sector, sector generally, you know, it has been, you know, uh, devastating in terms of uh, the, you know, not just our work, but what's what's happening with the organisations as well. Um you know, there was a report out by the um, Creative Federation last week, I think it was. Um, they commissioned Oxford Economics to look into the kind of economic impact. Now, bear in mind, this is like creative industries more broadly rather than um, museums. Um, but the stats on that, I think they surveyed sort of like 2000, um, it was this 2000 sample size. But they reckon I've got the stats here. You know, 42% of self-employed expect a 75% plus loss in 2020 and 78% a 50% loss in turnover. And 46% of the self-employed respondents had experienced half of their contracts terminated. I mean, I'm fortunate in some respects that I have a couple of large contracts on the go, which are they have, they've not been cancelled they've been kind of pushed back some of the like some of the work is is carrying on in, in a digital um way um but I have had a lot of work um cancelled and I think for us you know there's certain people you know I'm not obviously it's, it's hard because I have to remember that not everybody understands the kind of freelance roles that there are in museums and often people will say to me at conferences oh what you know there's there's freelance jobs in museums so for example <laughs> if, if you if you work as a freelance you know archivist or someone working with collections you've not been able to go in to those museums during lockdown to do the things that you would normally do so you know some people just haven't been able to physically get into um the spaces and you know for someone like me who generally works with people as in um museum visitors I'll, I'll use the word audiences a lot through this that's how we refer to audiences visitors users all the same thing um you know i've i've not been able to get out and about doing you know visitor research or evaluation in the same way as i would do normally but for me it's been about working out solutions about how i can still carry on doing some of that where where possible but yeah as as a sector you know certainly you know um museums the libraries the galleries the theatres and music venues we have got these big questions around well you know um to what extent will visitors come back when when are they going to feel safe to do that when we do open um there was you know there's been various studies done across lockdown one early on by a company called indigo surveyed around I think that was 2,000 audiences. Maybe I've got those stats muddled up earlier. I can't remember now. I'll have to have a look. But they surveyed um, audience members and, you know, something like 20% said that they'd return on a theatre's opening night, just 20%, you know. So we've got a lot of work to do in terms of reassuring audiences and making sure that they feel safe and we provide a safe space when they do return to us and talk about museums really um, and galleries and uh, here um there are issues with social distancing that we're having to look at you know it means less capacity which means less tickets sold less spend in the shop less you know coffees bought um, and there's all sorts of you know challenges around institutions where they're small or there's spacing you know things like you know how do you operate the toilets in those circumstances with not very many staff and yeah there's there's a there's a lot of challenges like sector-wise that impact on the freelancers you know if you work with an organization that has a lot of international visitors for example you know where are where and when are those visitors going to become coming back and we are you know we are facing that potential you know, loss of 
skilled staff from the sector you know freelance or paid role you've seen I'm sure the headlines around you know the theatres going into administration and you know um, organisations starting to make redundancies and and so you know there, there is a big call not just from um, us freelancers but like across the whole sector about you know government emergency funds in terms of supporting the sector to get back on its feet Sorry, that was a very long answer, no. there, but I feel hopefully <laughs> I get across the the passion about actually, you know, it, it, there's there's work to be there's a lot of work to be done here, not just in terms of the audiences, but um, understanding what those audiences want and how they feel and what their propensity to return is. You see, what you've done there is you you've you've negated uh, uh, any reason for me to have come into this call with any questions planned because you've just given me about half a dozen questions to ask but that's what it's about isn't it (laughs) that's all right I love it um I just want to go back to something you said at the beginning of that answer which was around the um the the lack of knowledge around freelancers involved in the museum and the cultural sector now you mentioned our uh, archives and collections so tell us a bit more about that what what typical roles do you tend to see freelance roles specifically do you tend to see in in museums and as I say cultural sector yeah, so it's a really big range. So, you know, you imagine, you know, if you visited a museum, the whole setup in terms of front of house and back of house that goes on there. So, you know, it could be anything from freelance audience development and marketing consultant or freelancer. And we can, you know, debate the word consultant till the cows come home. Oh, maybe we'll <laughs> say that for another another podcast and what that means. I think but, so. People who work in audience development, as we call it, so, you know, in diversifying your audiences, not just bums on seats um, in, in a nutshell. So audience development and marketing, it could be, you know, you could be an artist or an education, you know, um, deliverer. So when schools go in, um, you know, doing all of that work, you could be someone who is um, an interpretation freelancer. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you go into a museum and you pick up a audio guide or you read a panel on the wall or you use an interactive or all those kind of things, um, you know, the content, the, the themes, the words, the format of that, the reasoning behind that, you know, um, that's essentially, um, it's not a great definition of interpretation. Interpretation freelancers. Don't, well, it gives us a flavour of it. Which is... It gives you a, a, an idea. Um, yeah absolutely which is all all I was after (laughs) it could be anything it could be the stuff that you find in other sectors you know it could be business uh, and governance it could be coaching and mentoring um you know uh, user experience customer journey all of that kind of stuff it could be uh, freelance digital work a whole big range um and obviously not all of those skills all of those roles require you to have you know, um, had a background or a career in museums, you know, you could go for a, um, you know, a, a digital marketing freelance uh, contract without having worked in the sector, you know. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a big range. But I think if you're not, you know, if you're not working in, in, in museums, you know, why would you know? I've no idea what, what roles there are in, you know, your kind of world ed so you know um but i think that's that's, I think that's what we're like it's the variety <laughs> it's the variety though you know and um variety of um freelance opportunities and i think that's going to be interesting to see going forward um you know how how different roles perhaps are affected in terms of the pandemic and whether there are there are going to be any differences in terms of opportunities for you know someone who is a public engagement specialist versus someone who is you know working on um you know, an exhibition a new exhibition as an independent curator you know what is it going to be that there's more opportunities in one particular area than others um as we as we come out of lockdown um so yeah so I, I i'm going to come back to kind of the how we come out of the lockdown in a little while but i want to take us back to museum freelance now Mm. when you started this this was 
before COVID had even been heard of, despite the fact I know the word has been around for a while, but before we were, so long before. Tell us, I guess, you know, a brief history of, of why, when, but but also why museum freelance started. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, it's Museum Freelance Network and it was set up, um, I wasn't actually involved in the original set up, that was five years ago now, Um was set up by Laura Crossley um, who was freelancing at the time and and Christina Lister and Laura went back into a um, POIE full-time role uh, and so me and Christina I came in about a year after they started it and Christina uh, and me are the ones that are, are driving that forward at the moment um, and we set it up to answer your question or it was set up and we continue to do it in uh, in a volunteer capacity because we, we we didn't feel and we don't feel that there is, you know there's nothing else like it in terms of you know a forum to support freelancers in our industry you know in our specific sector of museums now we don't we we tend to focus our work on freelancers freelancers that are working for those kind of core groups so museums galleries archives libraries and heritage sites we don't focus on those working in theatres um, there's a separate group that does that. But um, we predominantly run it because we want to support freelancers. We want to champion the work of freelancers. We want to, you know, give freelancers that opportunity to, and when we say this all the time, collaborate rather than compete with each other. And I know you're very much on the same page with that, Ed. Um and the, and and what there just it wasn't anything there. So there's there's lots of different membership organisations in the cultural sector in museums. Um, you know, there's big membership organisations like the Museums Association and the Association of Independent Museums. But there weren't weren't really any kind of forums for freelancers to have uh, have discussions or or debate issues or or um, you know share learning and experience with each other. And I suppose I'd also add, you know. And this has grown, as you might imagine, over the last um, few weeks. It's it's demonstrated this. You know, over the last couple of years, we've we've very much been about lobbying for freelancers. You know, and being a kind of an a, an active voice for freelancers working in museums. Again, because you know, no one else has our back um, necessarily. Now, that isn't me saying some of those sector support organisations don't value freelancers. We do work very closely with some of them um, and they and they do. But we feel like we needed to have, um, you know, one uh, uh, one go to place for freelancers and um, and to give them, you know, that opportunity to, um, you know, share knowledge. And, um, you know, uh, we, we have like a variety of things that we do. For example, we have an annual conference and, you know, you can see people come to that. We have about 80 or 90 people come to that every year and you can just see that. Up and, and they tell us, you know, that it's just a really great way to spend even just one day out talking to other freelancers um, and finding out what, what everyone's been up to and, um, and learn from each other. So, yeah, in a nutshell, I mean, I can talk till the cows come home about what we do and, uh, and the kind of things that we happy. offer. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's why that's why we set it up in the first place. So, and it's rare I get to ask this question, but when you, I mean, certainly when you came on board, what did you want to get out of it? What I, I don't mean, well, I mean, I'm not going to preload that with anything else, really. What did you, what did you want from it? Why did you get involved? And also, where did you envisage museum freelance going? Obviously, we couldn't take into account what we've experienced this year, but again, yeah. this aside. Where did you expect? Where would you? Where would you expected museum freelance to be now, or it's yeah. still in another two or three years? I mean, it, it grew very organically. You know, it started off when Laura and Christina started it from just a kind of a tweet that went out on. Um, there's a thing on Monday nights called Museum Hour, and it's like they have a topic every Monday night. I think it's at eight o'clock, um, and it, and it came out of a conversation there actually about you know what you know we need something some support for freelancers um and and then it just organically grew so there was no kind of oh you know we, it's not it's not something where you know it had a plan from the start to to get to where we are now but i mean i i came on board because i just 
believed in what our values were and what the ethos was about that collaboration rather than competition. And I've, you know, I've benefited uh, immensely in my business of working with associates. You know, it's been the crux um, of, you know, what I do. You know, loads of my work is with um, either people who I ask to come in on jobs with me or they ask me to go on jobs with them. Um and and it just was a no-brainer, really. It was, you know, um, it was something I felt that I could positively contribute towards. And, you know, I just think it's it, it's just a really great way of supporting supporting the freelance freelance community. We don't have really, you know, we don't have members, we don't charge people to, you know, um be part of the community. Um and, you know, I, I just love the fact that we've been able to provide something and kind of, you know, give something back to the sector. I mean, you don't you don't go into the arts and heritage sector wanting to make money. You know, it's not you know, it's not about that. Um, I I work in the arts sector because I believe in in what it does, you know, and, you know, it's it, it it's it's about you know the impact and the difference that you can make to people's lives through arts and culture and you know with our with our work with museum freelance it's you know it's benefits me and I you know I enjoy it because I see the benefits that it gives to fellow freelancers and even just over lockdown when we were doing all that lobbying for you know government support schemes for the self-employed and working with you know freelance community managers um you know to to, to try and to try and you know get the government to understand our position um you know we had so many lovely thank yous and you know um emails from members of the community saying oh you know thanks for posting that resource for us or thanks for trying <laughs> you know um so yeah so for me I, I just get a lot of um pleasure from 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 doing it and you know, it's just a great side project. It's a busy one. Oh, absolutely. But it's a, it's a it's great side I, do you know, I genuinely, I, I feel, I should, I'm, I apologise for asking that question. Now. I feel really bad to ask it. I didn't expect you to turn around and say, because I want to make money out of it. And you're absolutely right, of course, that it's it's more, there are inevitably going to knock on benefits in terms of attracting attention to what you do as a freelancer. But yeah, I, I mean, wanted to understand the mindset behind it, I guess, and uh, yeah. the, um, and how, and the people behind it's run. So I apologise yeah. for asking the question. No, no, I, no, it's a, it's a fair question. It's one that we're asked all the time, you know, and, you know, we do, we have, you know, we have a com community arm of museum freelance and we have a commercial arm of museum freelance. You know, we run training, which people pay for, but the majority of stuff that we do through museum freelance is, you know, it's, it's, free or it's a no profit to us you know things like all the q a's we do on twitter and the blogging mm -hmm. and the web stuff and the you know the the conference that we run and the socials that we run and the you know everything that we that we do you know it's it's it is there to support genuinely there to support the community so it was primarily set up be just because there was a gap you know we identified that there was a gap and and you asked about you know where where where's it going and you know um where you know where was it then and where do we see it going and I think it's a tough one to answer because like yourself and like other um other freelance communities um, well, we do, we're all doing it voluntarily we're all doing it voluntarily so what we what our ambition is might not necessarily necessarily match what we are able to do because there is just the two of us we are um certainly after um, you know Black Lives Matters we are actually in the process of um, working out how we can increase the representation of voice within what we do um, so watch this space in terms of that we are hoping to fingers crossed next year have a larger conference than we have in the past um, we know that demand is there um so you know that fingers crossed will, will happen we were due to have our conference in october this year which obviously isn't happening but we're looking at how we can fill that gap for people at the moment um so and and we've got a lot of we've got a lot of ambition in terms of what we want to do with the site and the content on there and i think 
we will possibly look at how museum freelance can be more prominent in terms of the lobbying and the activism and i think more than more now than ever that is really really needed and which is where i'm going to focus now can i just say one more can i just say one more thing because it's really important related to everything i've said there is in january we put a survey out to museum freelance the, the community and Yes, there are surveys that exist for the creative industries around freelancers, but there's never been a survey, a kind of a state of museum freelancers survey done. You know, none of the sector organisations have done it. Uh, We've just done that using our own time and our own money and off our own back. And that survey looked at um, and it actually straddles the start of lockdown. So it'd be really interesting to compare the responses, anything from, you know, what you know what the demographics are of museum freelancers where they live what kinds of work they do what they charge what their optimism is um you know all those kind of things what 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 they want from museum freelance going forward where the training gaps are so we're hoping to publish that in the autumn and that the results are from that and the findings from that will steer us strategically so that's why sorry to interrupt you i just wanted to no, 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 you're that in because we've never really you know we, we we've done our conferences but we cannot you know we can't stand there and go we don't know if the audience to our conferences are representative of the museum freelance community at large you know we don't know we've no idea so um that's why we did it and um, yeah, really, really excited about sharing the results from that and uh, and using those findings to really develop content and really kind of look at how we can go on to support museum freelancers, especially now. Um, your, to be fair, you were absolutely right to interrupt. Your answer was far more interesting than my question. But I'm going to I want to ask about the membership now. You've already talked about in the desperate situation that, well, of course, everyone everyone is in, but more specifically for the cultural and heritage audience, um, they are lost with sites being closed. And for many of those sites, unsure about when they're going to reopen again. So how is being part of the museum freelance network helping those members now? What are they asking for and and what's the Mm. community doing to help answer those questions? Yeah, so are you are you saying like, you know, those organisations are closed, therefore freelancers are, are impacted? What, you know, what are the questions that freelancers Absolutely. are coming towards about? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, Ed. I mean, everybody is pretty much asking the same question, which is, what now? <laughs> you know, what now? What next? Um, and, you know, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with that uncertainty? Um we haven't um we haven't the answer you know and i think it's 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 kind of in in some ways too too early to say what we are doing is we are supporting the community by you know the the lobbying work that we are still doing so behind the scenes there is a lot of discussion happening um so for example i've been on various forums, DCMS Roundtable, just putting, I suppose, representing the community on their behalf. Um, so, for example, those freelancers who've fallen through the cracks, um, you know, we know about that, don't we? You know, the the support yeah. funding ones. So we're still, um, you know, beating, beating the sticker about that. We're still, you know, um, supporting freelancers in terms of sharing those resources. Um, and support and we are because you know there's only so much that we can do ourselves because we're trying to deal with our own (laughs) work um, challenges and you know parenting at home and working and all the rest of it um, and care commitments you know there's only so much that we've been able to do in terms of that support at this point in time but what we are doing is we are looking at you know what what the needs are and I think some of this will come from the survey um, in terms of you know the concerns of freelancers what they really need in terms of you know is it different skills to help them pivot in terms of their business you know what what is it that they need and once we've looked at that I think we're gonna put something in place kind of later on in the summer early on in in the autumn when things might be a little bit more 
um, kind of we've got a better picture in terms of what's open museum-wise, how how they're actually operating to really support freelancers from from that point. Um, and you know, I just have to give you the honest answer that that you know that is actually all we can be doing at the moment because of our own um, circumstances. You know, we don't have all the answers. We have to be realistic. Um, for for me personally, you know, it's it's kind of a a message of you know, well, don't panic. You know, don't don't disappear under a rock. Slow down. Reflect on your business. Reflect on you know what what's happening. Um, and for me, it's about you know, personally for my business, working out, you know, what my clients, where my clients are, what their needs are, um, and what, you know, how can I, how can I support them at the moment? I think, I think it's the long, I think it's the long-term impact I'm most concerned about at the moment. You know, we don't know. It's that uncertainty, you know, it's that mm. uncertainty of, you know, are, are museums, when they open, are they going to have budget to, um to contract freelancers in the type of work I do you know that's that's my question and I, I don't know I'm that, assuming that that, you know. yeah, that budget has to come from central government not necessarily no so you know the governance of museums is is, is wide and varied you know museums are uh, some museums are local authority run um some museums are university museums some are independent museums um some museums operate on a completely sustainable basis where they are, you know, their business model is based on the number of tickets sold and the number of drinks and they sell and pens they sell in the shop. And those are the ones, ironically, who are really suffering now because they haven't had that income. You know, they've mm. not had that those people through the door. A lot of the projects I work on, in fairness, are ones where they have had bespoke funding. So, for example, I'm working on a big libraries project at the moment. Um, called engaging libraries and it's about pairing up libraries who are working on public engagement projects with academics and um, university and researchers so for example working on topics like the menopause or fake news or death and uh, and they're engaging with the public to try and get them interested in this research and debating and being more curious about research and i'm evaluating um i'm ev evaluating that and that's funded by um Carnegie Trust, uh, Carnegie UK Trust, a Welcome Collection, and Wolfson. So that's very different. You know, my my you know my fee comes from from those those organisations that fund that project. Another one might be an Arts Council project. So the Arts Council very quickly, actually, in fairness to them, put out an emergency fund for organisations and certain creative practitioners. Um, at the start of lockdown and so some of my work actually over the summer where I had things cancelled has been filled by organisations who've got an arts council emergency grant and needed some freelance support as part of that so but do you know what Ed I kind of I think you know I, I, I read something it was on an email that someone sent to me before just frantically scrolling to see if I can find it um you know they, they were talking about you know the best way to predict your future is to create it and I think it's a quote from someone famous it's probably someone I should know um and and I do feel like you know I've worked damn hard to get this business you know running and successful for 12 years I don't want to lose it now and so no, you know we, we we are we are creatives you know we are you know naturally creative people we are also you know entrepreneurs we run our own businesses so it's down to it's down to us isn't it actually and how can we turn this crisis into something where you know we can even if it's you know using the time for cpd getting your back of house business stuff sorted out or you know relishing the opportunity to try something different or you know work on something different that you've not tried and there's that whole saying isn't there about you know when one or many doors close another one opens all that kind of stuff you know what what does that look like for us in, in museums I'm fortunate because my skill set you know is, is potentially transferable to other sectors you know I have worked in other sectors in the past I you know I've done copywriting for housing organizations or you know whatever other people are very very niche you know if you're a freelance conservator 
or a freelance, you know, archivist, you might, you know, how do you translate that to something else? So again, it comes back to maybe thinking about what what the role is. Um, so, but I have to be realistic. As much as I can say, come on, we're creative. I worked, I started my business in 2008, you know, <laughs> which, as we know, was a great year to start uh, start a business. And, and, and you know, weather, weathered the whole storm of arts cuts and and all the rest of it. Um, so, you know, I can be upbeat and optimistic, but I think it's I think it's really important that we continue to put the message out there, the realistic one that you know our sector you know is in peril and and you know I have been talking a lot about museums but you know the the guys work that I work with in theatres at the moment and the freelancers that are you know I haven't got the statistics in front of me about the amount amount of freelancers that work in theatres whether it's sound engineering or stage management or the marketing like that that you know, is is just catastrophic at the moment because there's no, you know, I think the the where, obviously we're recording this now. I think at the moment theatres are potentially allowed to open, but they can't have any performances on. You know, and and I work with a lot of music venues, so similarly, when are we going to be able to see you know gigs happening again? So, it, it I I think that you know without the support of government and the support of some emergency funds and we've seen lots of high profile celebrities you know talking about that this week then you know places will close you know um there's no doubt about that and do you think i mean so uh, i i when you mentioned 2008 it, it reminds me of how the rhetoric was often every any business that comes through the financial crisis of that time will come out stronger and I guess even more so now um, but uh, there's a long way to go before we get to that point you've mentioned lobbying quite a few times and this is quite unusual for a, a non-membership community so there are associations for freelancers in the museum and the cultural and heritage sector that you mentioned what where when you, are you adding a voice to them are you in terms of the lobbying that you're doing to dcms and others are you um are you coming at it from a different angle and and i guess the second part of that is how is museum freelance therefore seen by the other associations how's it been received yeah so we i would say we're adding uh, to the voices so so those associations are are predominantly for museums you know or museum workers and yes they you know they have freelance um some of them have freelance kind of membership levels or consultant membership levels um or freelance um work closely with freelancers so one we've worked with particularly well over the last um year or so is the arts marketing association who have just been brilliant you know working really collaboratively with us to understand what the needs of freelancers are so you know offering a freelancer rate at their conference for example um putting a freelancer directory up on their website um just like a whole range of real like stuff really really valuing the the contribution that freelancers make to the museum you know like workforce um so those the 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 key like organizations membership organizations when all this happened like started happen happening um you know they they have a job to do you know and and you know they had to um fight for the museum workforce and for you know what on earth are we going to do about museums and as institutions and how are we going to how are we going to reopen again we felt that you know, it was our role as as the Museum Freelance Network to, you know, make sure that the the messages they were giving out about support involved us as freelancers as well, you know, and and recognise that we are integral to to the delivery of, of work. So we um, we wrote an open letter to the sector. Uh, you know, we did that. That's on our website. And we 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 wrote that, you know, to the UK, you know, museums, libraries and heritage sites and archives and galleries, basically. And, you know, the sector organisations I've kind of talked to you about, basically so that they 
I think this was one of the very first things that we did actually to really stand up for us you know so we have a whole list on there around you know don't forget us you know communicate with us involve us pay us <laughs> you know so one of the I mean think this wasn't just um sector specific you know when everything happened a lot of invoices ended up still on people's desks or in emails that weren't paid you know because obviously you know people were furloughed or you know for whatever reason um so you know the, the whole late payment thing turned into an even more chaotic scenario but so we had things like that in it and about paying us fairly you know just because this has happened you know we don't want to have a kind of um, race the bottom in terms of, uh, of rates and and keep commissioning us and, and checking in on us and all these all these kind of things but the, the key one that we ended up adding into it was lobby for us you know please lobby an advocate for the sector self-employed so whether that was proactively applying pressure to the government or or, or MPs through the work those organizations were doing themselves or just you know sharing the stuff that we were putting out on social media you know we were sharing loads of resources and tools which actually were helpful for employed people as much as self-employed people because at the end of the day there was me and Christina sat, <laughs> sat behind our computer screens doing this by ourselves um, and there was a lot of frantic um, hours <laughs> put in that I remember that Friday where where we announced these support packages you know I think we spent the like the two weeks after that just kind of continually doing stuff by ourselves and, and you know I had a lot of chats with people like you know um Dave from work notes and uh, and and Steve Bond like it's like working out gosh you know what's everybody doing like you know there's a there's a group here like freelance folk that like Katie Carlisle runs you know what are you guys doing how can we be part of this you know and, and add to the voice so I think I probably lost the trail of your original question Ed but no, yeah yes we work with those sector organizations but with if I'm honest, with some of them, we've had to work harder than others to put our case across. They're, they're busy, you know. They've got, a, they have got a mountain, you know. They've got a plate of stuff they have to do, but we need to make sure that we're standing up for our, you know, freelance community and and you know, being the voice of those freelancers. And um, like I said at the start, because there, there's no one else, there's no one else doing that. And I think, you know the majority of them have reciprocated and so you know whether it's um you know get just simple stuff like i said about including those um that open call letter in their e-bulletins um you know even that that's that's great but we want we you know we want to have a seat on the on around the table when you know people like the museums association are planning their um you know developing their workforce strategies or you know even going forward with this you know what what's next you know we want to have a seat around the table and, and be able to to put the freelance perspective forward so the i mean sticking with the lobbying side of it there is a chance that the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, is listening to this podcast. I'll be honest, it's a very slim chance, but there is a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. It doesn't tell me who's listening. It just tells me how many. So I'll go with there is still a chance. Um, so if you have the ear to him now, mm. what would you say to him? I would say you need to support the freelancers who are absolutely on their knees who haven't had any support and haven't been eligible, you know. So we've had we've had so many tweets and and emails from freelancers who are new to freelancing, you know, that just got you know nothing. Um, they've not even had that time to build up um, a really good buffer. Um, those who are limited, you know, we know the story there. Like there's the, that whole that whole way. So I would no. I would say that, you know, and I Absolutely. would say and specifically from the museum sector. I would say, you know, we need we need emergency funds. You know, it's it's a cascade effect. You know, in terms of, you know, that original report that I was quoting the Oxford Economics one, they they're saying that museums could lose seven hundred and forty three million in revenue. Um, compared with 2019 
you know it's it's massive one in five creative jobs lost um so i would say those those organizations that you know it i, th I think there's a perception that now if you're not working and this isn't me being funny i think that I, mean, I might be and i might be wrong i think there's a perception that oh well they've told museums that they can open now brilliant they'll be fine uh, that's not the case you know like i said before it's going to be really tough for some of those museums to to open safely and open to the, the same capacity that pe people are used to in terms of you know what they put on the capacity in terms of visitors through the door that social distancing um is is a re is a real challenge and and like i said we don't know really the propensity of of audiences to return yet so there's a communication job to be done with our with our audiences there too so so yeah that, that's probably a no and i think the potency i think your point about the potency of audiences to return will be we'll get an idea of that when it comes to the pubs and restaurants opening this weekend um which of course you'll already know if you're listening to this um afterwards um i've loved your balance throughout our chat between the dire straits that of course the, the heritage and cultural sector is in but you've also kind of interspersed it with some optimism too and i want to finish if we may on some of that optimistic side so you've mentioned cpd and self-learning and look to see what else you can do but to anyone listening here who is a freelancer in the cultural sector and it could quite frankly be anywhere in the world based on the the um uh, how this is being listened to at the moment but what would you say to them um they're experiencing their their um libraries and museums and heritage sites closed slowly reopening but not fast enough so what would you say to those freelancers in those sectors now who may be listening but aren't or historically haven't been part of museum freelance network well i would say you know we're we're brilliant aren't we as freelancers at being adaptable and i think you know that's you know we have to we have to find ways to um you know pivot we have to find ways to you know re revolutionize our businesses <laughs> sounds very cool to arms doesn't it but like draw on Keep that going, draw, I like it. Draw, draw on that you know entrepreneurial spirit that, that we do have and i think you know for the museum freelance community we are i would say you know we, we are doing our best <laughs> to continue keeping people up to date continue supporting them um continue to represent their you know their voice um and and uh, you know we've had a lot of people come to us saying oh you know we we've not been eligible and we've fallen through the cracks and you know we, we are we are doing all that we like physically can in the time that we've got but i would also say as well ed is that we really really want to um make sure like i said at the start that you know it's not just mine and christina's voice you know so if anyone is listening who you know is you know don't necessarily have to be connected to the museum freelance world but you might feel like you've got something to say uh, that will help the museum freelance community um if that's you or indeed you are part of um uh, the world of museum freelancing you know we we really encourage you to get in touch um we are going to be putting something out this week um which I can't tell you what it is right now but when this podcast goes out it probably will be done um to to try and <laughs> To try and involve more people and so look out for that but also if you want to write for our blog or you want to get involved in any way please come and please come and talk to us and we'll make sure that there's a link to the website which um is uh, what is it actually museumfreelance.org i'd forgotten um <laughs> you know just have a look um we are going to be hopefully reading the website soon um but yeah just have a look on the blog and if you feel like you've got something that you know um will be really useful to other freelancers or experience you want to share then we'd love to hear from you and similarly you know if you've not been involved in museum freelance or you've you've not come across us before um and you know we haven't got a social event happening in your region or, or whatever we're more than happy for you to set one up and we'll promote it for you you know so christina's in norwich i'm in manchester we can't get everywhere so uh, we would really love for people to to get involved and set up their own their own one and we've had a couple of those over the last uh, last few years so yeah uh, 
I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> no, brilliant. I mean, can I just say, um, I, 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 it's a, a wonderful rally cry. I think you put there, and uh, your um, what you're doing for the museum and cultural and heritage sector, both of you, is extraordinary. You are real freelance heroes. Uh, and I don't, and I don't mean that as a throwaway. I mean that genuinely. So, on behalf of all of those you're supporting and the voice that you are putting forward, um, I think your point about the fact that it's not just your voices; it's the voices of everyone there as well. I think that's uh, incredible. So, so on behalf of them, thank you very much. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you, um, you've mentioned museumfreelance.org, but where's your where's your social media hangout? Yeah, so um, we've, we've like for Museum Freelance as well, we've got a Twitter, so that's at Museum Freelance. We've also got Museum Freelance LinkedIn group that you can join. Um, for me, in terms of my work, so you can find me on Twitter at Marge Ainsley um, and uh, my website, margeainsley.co.uk, I think. <laughs> yeah, kind of no. forgot, forgot, forgotten how to do my job. <laughs> <laughs> been so busy so busy lobbying i've forgotten to actually run my own business i um, think you're forgiven <laughs> yeah, thank thank you very much. Much. yeah thanks for the opportunity ed as well and for um all that you do to to promote and help us at museum freelance it's really appreciated uh it's our pleasure thank you very much for for educating me not involved in the sector to understand more about how it works so so thank you very much and and uh i'd love to chat to you again when we're further out this the other side and uh and kind of see how the journey progresses but for now marge sure. thank you very much if you missed it before then uh you can contact marge um and find out more by uh visiting museumfreelance.org um, and, of course, finding Marge Ainsley across social media. Also, equally as well, you can get in touch with us if you've got any questions or any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, then do please email me, podcast at freelance-heroes.com or just search for the Freelance Heroes hashtag across social media. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>